God bless you and welcome to New Vision Podcast. Our message today is being delivered by our senior pastor, Will Pena. God bless you and enjoy. Oh, good morning. Thank you. <laughs> good morning. Or this one or two, you're either worshiped out or you're falling asleep. So before we start, just so we can um, shake things a little, a little bit, let's just give God a clap of hands. Everyone, come on. Everyone in this room, I'm looking at your hands. I make sure everybody's clapping. All right. Um, welcome to New Vision Church, like uh, Pastor Marianne said. Um, we are excited to be in the house of the Lord today. Uh, sorry that we started a little, a little later today, but the Spanish service was, was bananas. Um, you guys are lucky to get in here. We were about to leave you for, for 12 o'clock, but we knew that we had a commitment to you guys. Um, but definitely the Lord has been already doing, been doing some things in the room. So I believe that he's here now, and he wants to speak to us. Tell your neighbor he wants to speak to you. You can point at him. Point at him. If they get mad, you can say, just speak to the pastor. Point at him. Come on. Use your, use your finger. Come on. Say, God wants to speak to you. To you, to you, to you, to you over here, here in the white, here in the blue, here in the jean jacket. God wants to speak to you. So let me pray before we get started. Lord, we are grateful for what you're doing. Uh, we're grateful for what you already did today. Uh, but I know and we know in this room that there's more. Um, we lifted you up in worship. We, we sung about, you know, the great things that you have done and how you love us in such a, such a radical way. Uh, but now, Lord, we... We want to hear from you. So, Lord, at this moment, I, I pray that you remove any, any human influence on this message. And I pray, Lord, that it's your spirit that speaks through me. Father, I pray that you give me uh, the boldness to deliver this message in the same way I received it. We honor your word, and we believe that your word is true. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As you guys... Um, as I was sharing last Sunday, I, I needed to speed up the message a little bit. Um, I had a flight to catch, and I spent all week in Dallas, and I flew in Friday night, and I can tell you there's no place like South Florida. Like, when you're out of South Florida, you know you're out of South Florida. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've been to Dallas once, and it was just for an, um, it was like an event, and I, we, I didn't move from the hotel where I was at. It was just from the hotel back to the airport. But this time, I was five days there, so... I mean, I needed to drive around and what. And you know, say, they say everything is bigger in Texas. That's true. Everything, even the people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Charles Barkley says that. But it's true, man. Everything is bigger in Texas. And it was just a, a, a good time. I was out there for work, but I was able to leave work like at four something and just spend time with the Lord for a week. I didn't have Marianne, I didn't have the kids, so it was, it was, a, it was a thing to just, okay, so, uh, what do I, uh, I realize I have no life. That's another thing, I'm like, no wife and no kids, like. <laughs> 
I'm like, the hours are like bleeding. 5.32, 5.30. Because with the kids, and there's, for you, for you guys that are very familiar with my children, um, there's no time for anything. But I was like, the Lord was, this is a perfect time to spend with me. Now you have no excuses. I was like, there was even nothing on TV. I'm like, ah. And every, everywhere was far. Like, if I wanted to Google something to go, it was like 45, 50 minutes. I'm like, you know what, Lord? You're, you're closing every door because you want me to spend time with you. So uh, thank you for praying for me. Uh, for those that know me, I, I dislike, I highly dislike flying. Um, I'm, I'm not ready to confess that I have a fear of flying. Let me just say I respect flying. That sounds better. Uh, but keep on praying because I got to fly out tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, Marianne and I are going to be in Michigan for a few days uh, working on something that the Lord has given us um, to, to work with. But just keep praying because my spirit is not settled once I'm on an airplane. And you guys love your pastor and you guys will pray for him, yes. right? Yes. From today through Wednesday. Yes. You can stop on Wednesday, but please pray for me. Um, uh, but today I have, I have time. Um, so I, I believe that the word of the Lord that he wants us to receive today is, is something that is appropriate for our time. And you guys see the title there um, already delivered. And today I want to talk about seeing the bigger picture. And I think that many times we view life from a practical aspect. In other words, I wake up, I brush my teeth, I take a shower, hopefully, um, I get in my car, I drive to work, I perform my duty, I go back home, reset, rewind. But I always ask people the following question, and I asked the church this morning, and I want to ask you today, when was the last time you thought about the things you think about? Like, what kind of things have mental real estate in your heart? Like, what kind of things take the majority of your time. Like if you were to see the bigger picture, get out of yourself and be like, okay, William, you're right there. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm having an out-of-body experience and, and, and seeing the life of William and the things that consume me. How frequently that happens for you? When was the last time you sat down and, okay, what is consuming my thoughts? Or... The thoughts of this world consuming my thoughts or the eternal thoughts? Like, what kind of things are keeping you up at night? And, and I think that it's no secret, and I believe that we're all in the same page when it comes to this. I think that the physical things, the things from this world are the things that keep us up at night. I can almost guarantee you that no one here is like, man, I just can't eat today. I haven't, I haven't been praying enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can guarantee you no one here is stressed like, oh, my God, man, I haven't spent so much time in his presence, so I can't even sleep. I bet that the things that are keeping you up are the physical things. I don't have enough money. Uh, I can't pay the bills. Uh, the relationship is not going good. The kids, I'm not raising. The things that keep you up at night are things. The things that consume your time and move you away from your purpose are things. If you were to do a, it's just a mental kind of inventory, evaluation on your life, 
and you would think about the 24 hours of the day, how many of those hours are dedicated to think about the eternal things? The things that are going to outlast your physical life. The things that are going to be spoken about you even the day that you're gone. How many hours of the day you think about legacy? How many hours of the day are you thinking about, hey, what are my kids going to remember about me? What are, what are people going to remember? What are the things that people will speak about? Did I live out my purpose or did I just do a day-to-day, check-to-check, strength-to-strength? And I think that one of the reasons we fall in that vicious circle is because we don't take intentional time to step out of our situation and look at our situation. We don't, we don't do a, an inventory of what kind of things are consuming your life. And I believe that many of us have fallen uh, in the trap of not only comparison like Pastor Marianne spoke about, but we've fallen in the trap of now. In the trap of what, are, what can you do, Lord, for me today? What can you provide for me today? Not living out my purpose, not finding my identity in you, not why I was placed on this earth for, but I just need to get to through one more day. I, I just got to wake up to, whew, just barely made it today. Tomorrow is another day. And I was telling the church this morning that one of my fears, apart from flying, <laughs> oh, no, respect, respect for but one of my life fears is getting to the end of my life and not living out the entirety and the wholeness of the life that Jesus wants for me. Like, I don't want to get to the end of my day saying, hey, you know what? I was a believer, but I didn't live out the fullness, the fullness of Christ, the fullness of joy. Like, I don't want to be that person. Like, I was telling the church this morning that my, my mom, my parents are pastors in the Dominican Republic. They have a large church. So they, they planted the church so they can say whatever they want. It's like, you're in your house. Like, who's going to say anything? You're, so my mom would tell people, hey, how you doing? And they were like, I'm blessed. And they were like, you might want to let your face know that. Because people, we, as believers, we walk around like defeated. You know what it is? Is that we're not walking in the fullness in the fullness of living in Christ. And I believe, like a song says, we were made to live for so much more. If you were to evaluate your Christian life today, the Bible says that greater things you will do in my name. Have you experienced those greater things? Can you say today, I am living in the fullness of what Christ had for me? I was sharing with um, someone today, during the, the break in between the small break we had today, I was like, you know what? I, I, it took me 38 years. I, I'm 38 years young. But I'm living today, and I'm experiencing the fullness of God in my life. Like the fullness of God, and it's not about what I have, you know, in the material, but understanding the purpose and understanding my identity, and that I don't need to be like anybody else, and that this is my assignment, and this is the calling of God over my life. If we're 25 or if we're 2,500, it doesn't matter. Life changes. Remember last week I spoke about if you can make that connection, that every trial that comes to your life is because either God allowed it or God sent it, your life will change. In the same way, your life will change, and when you understand that, there's a purpose that you need to live out. 
There's a fullness that God has set out. There's a destiny for your life. I call it God's dream. There's a potential in your life that you haven't tapped into because we're consumed with things. If you were to close your eyes and think about it for just 30 seconds, you were like, what was I thinking before I drove here? Was I thinking of bringing him worship or, oh, my God, Monday is around the corner. And I still got to go back to this, this, this crappy life, and I still got to deal with these issues. And I believe the Lord has brought us today for a time like this. And I believe that he wants to shift some things in my life. And there is a tool that the Lord has given us that we don't access, that we don't use. And the tool is the Holy Spirit. See, the Bible says that our fight, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against, but against, against what? Principalities, Principalities and against what? Strong. Strong forces in the heavenly realms. And we're tired because we want to fight things of the spirit in the flesh. See, we want to fight our marital problems in the flesh and we're getting tired. See, we want to fight our, our problems with identity in the flesh, and we're getting tired. We're getting, we're, we're getting tired because we want to find identity in the flesh, and the things of the Spirit are of the Spirit. And the Lord brought us here to this room today to remind us that you are more than meets the eye. You are more than what the little problems you think you have going on. What you don't understand is that just two feet above your head, there's a battle going on. There's a spiritual battle going on that you haven't tapped into, that you're not fighting, or you're fighting it incorrectly, and that's why you're tired. That's why you're drained. We sang a song that says, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Not who can stop Will. He's the Lion of Judah, but we don't tap into that. And the Bible says that Jesus was hanging around with his disciples, and he was like, hey, listen, I got I to gotta call deuces. I got to go. And they were like, how are we going to do this without our leader? And he was like, there's someone that's better than me that's coming. And like, better than you? Man, we've seen you heal people. Man, we've seen you multiply things. How can someone better than you come? Is there someone better? Because that person is going to console you. That person is going to fight for you. That person is going to be your comforter. And that's the Holy Spirit. And I believe that one of the mistakes that we made is that we believe that the Holy Spirit is an event. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is something that we come and experience here at church and we leave it. And we spent the entire week dry until we have that connection again Sunday morning. And the Holy Spirit is something that is a person that the Lord left to walk with you, to fight your battles. Because it's not, it's not, it's not by flesh and blood. It's by your spirit, says the Lord. And, and today we, leave, we, we, we truly live in a world that just consumes, consume, consumes us. I believe that from the moment that you open up your social media feed, you enter into the trap of comparison. You enter into the trap of feeling less than, feeling that you're missing the mark, feeling that you're not doing something right. Because automatically you were like, okay, he's 38, I'm 38. How come I don't have what? And you feel like, well, I should have kids by this age, or I should be married by this, or I should own my home. By, and social media and this culture is shaping what consumes you. And the Lord says, I want my spirit to consume you. I want you to think about the eternal things. And there's a 
passage in scripture that I want it, I want to use it to set up the basis of what I will speak about today. And it's in the book of Zechariah, and it's going to be chapter 4, verse 6. And I'm glad that we have it up here because it'll take you forever to find it in your Bibles. Do we have it? Zechariah 4, 6. Are you still with me? All right, let's go. He says, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now, let's switch the name Zerubbabel for your name. And I want us to read this verse all together. Y'all with me? All right, so one, two, three. So he's, I want to hear you. Not by might, nor by power, but by. Okay. All right. So that was just, we were just rehearsing. I, wa- I want to hear you. I want to hear you loud and clear on three. One, two, three. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord for will. Not by might, nor by power. One translation says the Lord of hosts. And the Lord of hosts is talking about Jehovah. It's talking about the Lord of the, of the, um, uh, of, of the, uh, the host of, of heaven. It's talking about having an entire army of angels that are working on your behalf. See, this may mess a little bit with your theology. And like I said this morning, if, if you want to ask questions, I'm available after service. But do you know that you have angels at your disposal to fight your battles? (laughs) Did you know that? The Bible says that the angel of the Lord is with those that fear him and come and fight his battles. See, what happens is that we we don't look at things from the spiritual aspect. Everything we see, we see it from a physical aspect. And... We are fighting spiritual battles with, with, with things of the flesh, with trying to use weapons that are from the flesh. And if the fight is not against flesh and blood, why are we fighting things with flesh and blood? It says not by might, nor, nor by power. It's not in your strength. Paul said in the book of Corinthians that when I am weak is that he is, I am strong, and his strength is made perfect in my weakness. And, and I believe that we struggle because we don't tap into that. When was the last time that your prayer was like, Lord, I need you to send your angels to this situation right now and intercede on my behalf, and need, I need my victory in your name, oh Jesus? No, well, we get into arguments with the spouse. See, and, and, and we struggle. We get to arguments at work. We get to arguments with people. Not understanding is not about the person. It's the thing inside the person. And you will never be able to battle that thing inside the person if you go at it from a you to you. And you're not using your spiritual tools. And I believe that some of us are frustrated in our Christian walk, defeated, because we're tired, because we've been doing the work. See, we've been doing the work to try to fight. We've been doing the work of trying to please God. And the Lord is like, don't try to please me. Just trust me. Oh, I don't know if you believe that this morning. Not by might, nor by power. There's nothing you can do 
The Bible says that those who walk in the Spirit move by the things of the Spirit. So, as I talk today about four things that we need to detach and four things that we need to attach to. Tell your neighbor, detach and attach. Detach and attach. So the first thing we need to detach, I mean, no, just let me talk about what we need to detach, detach from. And I'm going to talk about four things, but this is not one of them. But one of the things that we struggle with is making the small things the small things. A lot of the things that consume you are small things, but you make them big things. For the, how many of us are married in the room? How many of us are blessed enough to be married? <laughs> I don't say that sarcastically. I mean that. Y'all laughing, but it's... Oh, it's true. Kurt Angle used to say, oh, it's true. Make the small... How many arguments are about small things? How many arguments about things that are not going to matter five hours from now? You need to make the small things the small things. See, we are, it's like we have this commitment to be correct, right? We're so passionate about uh, being right. I always tell Marianne in my arguments, we're either going to be right or get it right. Be right or get it right, because you know what? Getting it right may be that you're wrong. And sometimes we enter into this, I want to be right so bad, and then we get it wrong. <laughs> but we got to make the small things the small things. See, you and I are consumed about what's going to happen tomorrow. You and I are consumed about he doesn't like me, she doesn't like me, she doesn't approve me, he doesn't approve me. Oh, he didn't like my picture. Oh, they didn't invite me. And we got to make the small things the small things. We're going to be consumed about, are they going to let me go at work? Oh, is my car going to turn into, in, in the morning? Am I going to encounter uh, traffic? Make the small things the small things. If we're getting consumed, then sometimes I look back at the things about, that worry me, and I start laughing by myself. Marianne is a witness. She'll, what are you laughing at? Yes or no? She'll come into the room and be like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, you wouldn't understand. It's, it's between me and the Lord. I start laughing. I was like, was this really keeping me up at night? Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We got to make the small things the small things. Point at your neighbor like that. I don't care if they get mad. Point at them and say, make the small things the small things. Point at them. If they get mad, you can speak to me after. You can you use that little finger. Just make the small things the small things. We need to detach from that. But we need to attach. Next slide. We need to make the big things the big things. See, we need to reorganize our priorities. That's what the question I was asking earlier, earlier during my message is, how, how much time are you spending thinking about the eternal? Thinking about the spiritual legacy that you're leaving for your kids? Are you consumed with the little things or are you consumed with the big things? See, we have it the other way around. We make the small things the big things and the things that really matter, the things that are going to outlive you, the things that have eternal repercussion, we, we make them small. 
Oh, I didn't make it to church. That's okay. No, it's not okay. That's a big thing. Oh, I didn't get to pray today. because. No, make the big things the big things. Did you spend time in your word? That's a big thing. Are you recounting the goodness of God? That's a big thing. So we need to detach and attach. Tell your neighbor, detach and attach. So I'm going to go quickly through four things. Everybody say four. four. If you're a fan of the University of Miami, you know what we do when fourth quarter comes around. So everyone say four. four. So the first thing is that you need to, next slide. You need to detach from busy and attach to becoming. That preaches by itself. I can go home. Detach from busy and attach and attach to becoming. How many of us are just busy? Just busy. In all that busyness, how much of that is, is attached to your purpose? <laughs> hey, that was fast. Everyone's like, no. See, we spend so much time consumed with busyness that we don't have time to become. Amen. See, the greatest trap of the enemy, and, and, and this, is, this, is, this is Christianity 201, not 101. 101 is coming to Christ, new eternal life, all that. The enemy cannot defeat you. The enemy can only keep you busy. See, the gifts of God are irrevocable. The promises of God says in the Old Testament that he's not a man to lie or a son of man to go back on his word. So whatever he promised and whatever his destiny for your life is, is already set out before the foundation of the earth. The Bible says in the book of Psalm, David says, you walk my days before the foundation of the earth. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have, for I know I'm not improvising. So it's already set out for you. But what happens is that the enemy keeps you busy, and while you're busy, you can't become. See, you can't do the two things at the same time. So what happens is that now you're busy, and now you can't spend time in your word. Now you're busy, and you can't be in a community of believers. Now you're busy, and you can't serve his house. You can't walk into the calling that God has given you because you're busy. And I was thinking about what are the reasons we're busy in one of the reasons we're busy is because we want things. You don't have to look at your name. You can look at me. One of the reasons we are busy is because we want things. We're not busy because we want the eternal. Nobody's like, hey, I can't hit, hey, hit me up later. I'm busy praying. I've never gotten that from any of you. <laughs> hey, Will, I can't text you right now. I'm, I'm spending time with the Lord. We're busy. Yo, I'm sorry I couldn't hit you up, man. I had to do some overtime. I said, on your knees with the Lord or overtime at work? We need to detach from busy and attach to becoming. Remember what I said earlier, one of the saddest days for me that I'm thinking about the end of my life is getting to the presence of the Lord and not living the fullness that he can Say, hey, Will, listen, this is what I had ready for you, but you were too busy and you weren't becoming. Y'all read the parable of the talents? Pastor Marianne spoke about that. The master's going to come one day and ask, 
hey, let me use someone I can pick on, Denise. Denise, what, what did you do with the talents that I gave you? Hey, you know I had that nine to five. You know I was a single mother. You know I needed to provide, Lord. This is, these, these are the cards that you dealt me. The Lord says, the, the, the word says that the master said, give me that bag. <laughs> Let me give it to the one that put it to work. We need to detach from busy. And as you look at your schedule, as you look at your life, how busy are you? Sometimes we become busy because we don't know how to be still. Or we're afraid of being still. There's people that don't know stillness because they're afraid what happens when they're still. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. So we need to detach from busy and attach to becoming. And there's a, there's a famous story in the Bible in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 41 and 42. It's funny because Martha is on slide today. And he says, Martha, Martha. So he's, he's talking to you, Clary. <laughs> he says, Martha, Martha, in other words, pay attention. Every time in scripture you see a word um, uh, twice right back to each other, is the Lord is making a proclamation of it. I say to you, I say to you, or Father, Father, why have you forsaken? It's the Lord making a proclamation. So he's now saying, Martha, Martha, in other words, Martica, Martica, pay attention. <laughs> Martha, Martha, I need your attention. The Lord answered, you are worried and you are upset about many, that's that word again, but few things are needed, or actually, or indeed, only one. What? Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be, and it will not be taken from her. What the Lord gave me on this was that, which is the next slide, Martha while Martha was busy, Mary was becoming. While Martha was busy, Mary was becoming. And you know that sometimes we get busy even with the Lord's work? The, the danger of serving in the house of the Lord is that we, we define our relationship with God on how much we serve and not how much time we get to spend with Him. So it's like we go... Can I preach for a second? Yeah. It's like we go from two polar opposites. Or I'm either serving 100% or I can't do nothing. But in the nothing, it's really nothing. There's not even a relationship. So we, we go through these extremes. We go hard and we serve to the point that we burn out because we have no balance between serving and relationship. My serving has nothing to do with my relationship. I need to spend time with the Lord not only to preach to you, I need to spend time with the Lord for my own walk. If I depend on spending time with the Lord only preaching to you, once I preach, I'm done. So what happens is that many of us go through these extremes and we're busy with the Lord's work in which we spend no time with him. Or we're like, hey, listen, I can't serve anymore because I, I need a break. But we take a break from our relationship. That's the key of becoming. 
That's the key of understanding that there's a purpose in your life and that you need to walk into the fullness of God. So once you do that, you no longer serve from a of, of space of busyness. You, you serve from a space of gratitude. If you are dry in your serving or you're getting burned out, check the well. Are you only preparing yourself for the service part? See, that's the biggest danger in serving is that we gear, we get geared up before the serving, but we don't get geared up for the relationship. So what happens is that this serving part becomes a job because I am dry here in my relationship with him. So I go to the other extreme and I say, now I can't do nothing because I'm dry. Martha was busy, and you know what? Martha was doing nothing wrong. Martha, if you read the verses before, she was trying to make it all fine for Jesus. She was trying to please God. And some of us have, are chasing our tails trying to please God. And God's like, you don't need to please me. I accepted you before you even knew it. That's what continuous grace is. If we believe as free Methodists that he loved us before we loved him. So Martha is busy because he, she wants to please him. She wants him to be comfortable. And Mary was like, all he needs is my devotion and my worship, so I land at his feet. I don't need to perform or do. I just need time with him. See, she chose better. And the Bible says, we just read it, that Jesus said, and this will not be taken from her. See, everything, the things that we're busy for, one day, all of those things will be taken from you. It doesn't matter how much you got. While Martha was busy, Mary was becoming, are you becoming? Or are you busy? And I fear that many of us are missing the mark in, in this aspect and we're not walking into our calling because we're busy. We're just busy. And the Lord is here waving a flag, not by might, not by your intelligence, not by your resume, not by power, not by your last name, not by your accolades. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It's by my spirit. So that's one, and I got to move on. So what was number one? Number two. Well, I have a, a verse before that, 2 Corinthians 3.18, I think it's plea. He says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image, becoming, being transformed into his image with ever increasing, I love that word, ever increasing. In other words, it's, it doesn't stop increasing. Ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit, which leads me to number two. Next slide. Detach from trying and attach to trusting. Detach from trying and attach to trusting. How many of us just keep trying? Like the song, and I want to try, try, try. And the Lord is like, I need you to trust, trust, trust. <laughs> Detach from trying and attach to to trusting. Hebrews 11.6 6 says, and without faith, everyone say faith. faith, and without faith it is impossible 
to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly, in other words, with fervor, with passion, nonstop, seek him. Philippians 2.13 says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power. He gives you the desire. He gives you the power to please him, not you. And I, and I think that so many of us are trying because we want to please someone else. We want to please culture. We want to please sometimes family members. There's no greater pressure than the pressure that family puts on you. If you have family here, you can just say, amen. <laughs> family places this never-ending pressure of you becoming these things and you're chasing after that and you're losing purpose because you're trying and not trusting. See, I believe that the Lord in this season has me where I need to be at the time I need to be and where I need to be. I trust him in that. And, and, and so many of us look, like I said this morning, we look at someone's picture on Instagram and they're like, man, what a beautiful family. Look, look how loving they are. I have a theory on this. Marianne gets mad. I don't care. I'm still going to say it. It's a proof. Thank you, Denise. I'm going to tell you this. Can I make a parenthesis here? I need everyone's approval. Can I make a parenthesis here? Okay. Pastoral experience has taught me. Ministry experience has taught me. I was born and raised in the county. No, no. I was born and raised in the church. When you see someone overloving on social media, 9.8 times out of 10, that's just a rough estimate, they're about to get a divorce. She hates his guts. She's getting abused. Trust me. Trust me in that. This has nothing to do with spiritual. This is facts. Trust me. When you see all this, like, best boyfriend, best husband in the world, if you have a testimony about that, don't, don't raise your hand because I don't want to call you out on that. But when it's like, oh, I can't live without Oh, I thank God for our, I get that call two days later. Pastor, I need you to pray. <laughs> I'm like, and I, you're in Spanish, I'm like, what? Pray for what? Oh, we're thinking about divorce. I'm, I'm to myself, I'm like, really? See, what you don't know is that before that beautiful picture, the word divorce was thrown around. What you don't know is that before that beautiful picture, kids were about to go on adoption. What you don't know before that beautiful picture, there was some curse words that came off. And see, we're being enticed by someone's highlight reel, but we don't see behind the scenes. So what happens is that we fall in love with this aspect, and now you feel that you're falling short because I am not wearing what they are wearing. I'm not driving what they're driving. So I must be lacking or missing the mark. Or the, I, My marriage is not as beautiful as they, and God is like, you're trying too hard. I need you to trust. He gives you the desire 
and the power to do what pleases. It doesn't come natural. The desire to please him. I, I, told, I told a group of, of, of um, it was what, young adults I was preaching to. It was like, how many of us know that sinning is good? And everyone looked at me like, I'm like, don't y'all stand here for a moment. It's like, if sinning was it good to you, you didn't do it the right way. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't look all holy, holy. That's the truth. Because sinning pl- pleases the flesh. So there's, he gives us the desire to please him. And I think that, like I said earlier, we, we chase our tails trying to please society Please, people, please timelines, because I'm 25, or I'm 30, and and the clock is ticking, and the Lord is like, hey, listen, not by might, not by power, by your spirit. spirit. What number are we on? Number three. Are y'all paying attention? We need to detach from pride and attach to purpose. We need to detach from pride. And pride is such a sneaky, because some of us, some of us, uh, not in this church, some of us walk with this false humility that, hey, you know what, it's not me, it's all the Lord. It's just for the glory of God. No, if the Lord gifted you, the Lord gifted you. Who's our model? Who, who are we supposed to model? Jesus. I hope y'all know that one. <laughs> Jesus. Was Jesus humble? Yes. Jesus was humble, but Jesus was very aware. Yes. He was aware of who he was even though he was humble. Yes. Uh, or you think someone that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one. Does that sound, sound kind of aware to you? Yes. Don't confuse Humility with awareness. Humble is knowing who gave it to you, not denying that you got it. Humble and being, walking in humility is always acknowledging that whatever you have is because the Lord has given to you. But you can't deny what's over you. The gifts of God are irrevocable. They're yours. But what happens is that we attach to pride and we detach from purpose. Because our pride tells us, oh, you know what, I can't do that. Our pride wants the things of the world and we're missing out on purpose. And 1 John 2, verses 15 and 16, it says the following. Do not, everyone says do not. Do not, do not love this world. <laughs> that was a tough one right there. Do not love this world. Marianne said, we, we, we need to remember that we're not from this world. You need to think about the eternal. Do not love this world. This too shall pass, but his word will never pass. Do not love this world, nor the things that it offers you. What does it offer you? It offers you riches. It offers you pleasure. Don't love it. I can, I can live without it. Focus on the eternal. For when you love the world... Oof, and this is where the backbreaker comes. You do not have the love of the Father in you. Jesus, I'm sorry. This is a repenting moment right here. When you love the world, the love of the Father is out of you. 
ouch. If you can't say amen, say ouch. ouch. For everything in this world, not 25%, not 75%, but everything in this world, the lust of the flesh, like I said, the lust of the eyes, and there's that word, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, comes from, comes from the world, which leads me to my next slide. This is something that the Lord gave me, is that your purpose will always be attached to people and will always be attached to, to, to service. God's potential for your life, God's dream and destiny is not only for you. See, that will make you prideful. That will make you believe is because you are entitled to receive it. Whatever God wants to do in your life is for other people. Amen? God wants you to know that your purpose will always be attached to people. It's like when I think about the great men, not only throughout Scripture, but, but in, in, just in life, like, think about Malcolm X, when you think about MLK, MLK is so much more than the three sayings that we post. Did, do you know that uh, King Jr. was a preacher? Do you know that he went to jail for what he believed in? Do you know that his legacy outlasts his life? See, he was attached to the purpose, understanding that it was for the people and it was for the service. See, many of us, I believe that when we, we come in prayer, we come a little bit selfish. We ask God, I need this because I need it and I want to feel it and I want to drive it and I want to live it. When was the last time it was like, Lord, bless me so I can be a blessing to others? That's a tough one. Lord, allow me to serve in your house because I want to serve the people. Lord, allow me to come on one Thursday a month to food pantry and, and understand that there's much more that I am a part of that I don't even know. When people tell me that they feel stuck in their Christian walk, I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you feel stuck in your Christian walk, come and see me after the church. I have four people I want to assign to you. I can guarantee you, you will never be bored again. <laughs> you won't be bored or you won't feel stuck. Because those people are going to call you at all times. I need prayer. You're going to have to show up. When we lose sense of purpose, we lose sense of our walk. When we lose sense of purpose, we lose sense of what the Lord wants to do. But purpose is attached to people. Something that we need to remove from our Christian vocabulary. Oh, I'm not a people person. That's from the devil. That's from the devil. And I'll tell you why. If you don't like people, you're not going to heaven because there's going to be a lot of people in heaven. Logical. If you love this world, the love of the Father is not in you. A sign of someone becoming mature in Christ, someone becoming love. The Bible says God is love. Are you becoming more judgmental or are you becoming more love? Are you becoming more compassion or, becoming you, or you're becoming more judgmental? See, the true sign of maturity in Christ is when you love people that you feel they don't deserve it. When you love people that can't love you back. When you love people that don't like you back. Ooh, this is good, Pastor Will. 
I'm going to see this. I'm going to make sure the podcast is up because I want to hear as soon as I get out of here. (laughs) Purpose will always be attached to people. Whatever God wants to do in your life, you want to be relevant 25 years from now, affect people's life. Change people's life around you. Serve people. And the last one, because y'all looking at me like y'all hungry. Let me give you first Galatians 5.22. You got that? But the fruit of the Spirit, meaning becoming more like the Spirit, becoming more that the Spirit of the Lord lives in your life is love. Everyone say love. Love. Are you living in love? And I'm not saying in love with your wife. I'm saying are you living out love? When someone has an encounter with you, can they say, I feel a little bit more love today? Or when they leave your presence, they're like, I feel a little bit more judged today. Or I feel a little less appreciated. If you're becoming more like Christ, you're becoming more like love. See, I choose to preach the Christ of love. That's the Christ I choose to preach. Just like we saying, there's no shadow. You won't light up mountain. You won't climb up after me. There's so many examples about him loving us to the end. I love the example of the shepherd that Jessica brought up. He left the 99 to go after that one. Meaning that he knew that one was missing. How can you, he, he would count them. That's another message. I don't want to get into that. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Are you becoming more love? Joy. Are you truly living in joy? Or are you living dry, bitter? Listen, if it's about, if this Christian walk is bitterness, I don't want it. To live in bitterness? He calls me to live in the fullness of his joy. Peace. For he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love. (laughs) Peace, forbearance, kindness. Are you living in kindness? Are you experiencing the goodness of the Lord? And a spirit of, of faithfulness, which takes me to the last. Last point. We need to detach from empty and attach to the eternal. Like I said, how many things are consuming you? Or what's the nature of the things that are consuming you? When you think about the things that you think about, and you kind of run a, an inventory about those thoughts, what, what's consuming you? What are you worried about? Are you worried about that you're not praying enough? <laughs> or are you worried about that the new, where are we at with the iPhones? X11? What is, what is X, that I don't have that or I'm not driving this or I'm not getting my, me, my needs met and I'm not, I don't, I don't have an I need and, and you're not supplying. And we need to detach from what's empty. Because you know what? You don't know when it's up. And you are going to be standing before the presence of the Lord. He's going to ask you, let me see what you do. 
There was no time for excuses of complain or complaining at that point. What keeps you up at night? Souls that are being lost without Jesus? <laughs> Family members that are having situations and you have the answer but you just can't speak up? Circles of friends that are just, you can tell in their faces, they're walking zombies, they're dead, and, and you have, or allegedly, <laughs> you carry the truth, and you can't open up your mouth, but you can open up your mouth for other things. Are you attached to what's empty and detached from the eternal? That's a fear I have every day, as I, every time, every night, I take five minutes and evaluate my day. I was like, Lord, what consumed me today? And number two, God, if I, if I dishonored you in some way, I ask for forgiveness every single night. See, and I said this to the crowd this morning, and as I wrap up, the worship team can make their way up. We hear the word repentance, and it's like a bad word. But I don't know if you knew that the only repentance is not when we come to Christ. We need to repent every day. Every day we need to come before the Lord and say, Lord, today I fell short because I was worried about me. And I wanted my needs to be met. And I was attached to what I can see. And I'm not living by faith. I'm living by what I see. And what I see doesn't look like what you've said. So I move away from purpose. So I get busy and I miss out on becoming. And my prayer is, guys, that my, you guys are my assignment. You guys understand that? Y'all understand that? So when I, when I call you, when I text you, and I become annoying, it's because I know the potential of God over your life. And I, I don't want it to go to waste. I want you to live out the fullness of what God has given you. I don't want, to, I want, I don't want you to grow old and go to the end of your years and not experience the total fullness of what God has. No. The thing is that you can't halfway it. <laughs> you got to go all in with God. The Bible says, seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, which is his will. His righteousness is his will. And everything else you fill in the blank. Financial, it fits in everything. Significant other, falls in everything. Health, provision, and everything else will be added to you. Now, we, we believe it or, or we don't believe it. So as the team leads us, if this message was for you, I want everyone to remain seated, but if this message was for you, and you say, Pastor, you are, you are, you are talking to me. As the worship team starts to lead us, I want you to stand where you're at. And you say, these words are for me.
Join us next week for another powerful word. See you soon. Be blessed.